This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Liz, the Chief Mom Officer, and when I'm not busy being the breadwinner of my family of five, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and you know, what do you do after your car is repossessed, your credit's maxed out, and you are just flat out of options? We'll ask that exact question to a woman who lived it. She's the woman whose blog, Hope and Sense, is a finalist for this year's Best Debt Freedom Blog category at the Plutus Awards. It's Alea Linton. Plus, in our headline segment, when it comes to having a financial advisor, what does Vanguard think? You may be surprised. We'll also throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky listener, answer a question from the mailbag, and of course, serve up some of my amazing trivia. And now, two guys who are here to help you kick off another week, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. And kick it off, we shall. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And welcome to Monday. We're so- It's Monday. Hey, hey. It's a happy Monday. You sound very jolly for a Monday. Very morning. chipper today. What is wood chipper? I just bet that's your buddy there into wood chipper, then, eh? Yeah. That's how old is that movie now? Thirty years old. Ooh, uh, no, come on now, can't eighties? Can't be that old. Nah, not the eighties. I don't think nineties. Yeah, mid mid nineties, maybe twenties. Welcome to We Don't Know Our Movie Facts podcast. Across the table from me is the one and only other guy, or as we call him, OG. 
What's up? Dude, we, we have an exciting show today. We generally keep our interviews to 15 or 20 minutes, but we got a long one. Alea Linton. In fact, we've got a weird week this week on the show. Some exciting stuff. Wednesday show. I'm not going to tell you what's going on Wednesday, but Wednesday's an awesome show. But today, speaking of awesome, Alea Linton has this wonderful story at FinCon. I spoke with her at length about her personal financial situation. And if you need some inspiration in your life, this is the interview for you. So we're going to keep that short. I'll tell you what helped me get to FinCon, by the way, to interview Alea. Man, if that wasn't clunky, I don't know what segue is. <laughs> this episode of Stacky Benjamins brought to you by Away. Away makes first class luggage at coach prices that allows you to charge your phone on the go. Did I tell you I went to Bavaria, by the way? Um, I thought you mentioned it once maybe, or a hundred times. I'm not sure. Maybe in passing, but this luggage went all over Southern Germany and Austria and man, was it amazing. Good day, mate. Yeah. Charging your phone on the go and just the way they put this luggage together is, is amazing. Like I continually notice new things about my away travel luggage for $20 off a suitcase. Go to awaytravel.com slash SB, then use promo code SB. That's awaytravel.com slash SB promo code SB. Love our away travel bags. Super awesome. Use it every weekend for my after-school activity. It's so great. We are also excited to be supported by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is a vitamin made from botanical ingredients that helps improve your hair health from within. Seriously, I don't have much hair, but check this out. But what you do, you want to look sharp. It, it does. It's, I don't know, man. Here, I, let, me, let me touch it. Yeah, please don't. It's so soft. But I appreciate the sentiment. It's like a merino sheep. Get your... First month supply with a subscription plan for $10 by visiting N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. They should do that like a jingle. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. You know, something that makes you, anyway. Don't quit your day job. N-E-S-T-L-E-S. Nestle makes the very best. Uh, dot com and use the promo code SB during checkout. You like I'm segueing into jingles, like jingle podcast. Well, what is my day job? I'm not sure, but you shouldn't quit it. But I probably shouldn't. We've got a great show today. Alea Linton is here. We just have a very short headline segment, so let's get to that so we can talk to Alea. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our only headline today comes to us from Investopedia. Vanguard, you know, when people, when I'm on- Never heard of them. Yeah, a little known financial firm. Whenever I see people online talking about finance and financial advisors, what do they always say? Fart your financial advisor, move to Vanguard, which I'm like, well, why don't you uh, also perform your own colonoscopy and uh, do your own taxes and take care of every single thing in your life? But uh, anyway, not to sound a little cynical, but <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Well, big problem with financial advisors, like you hire a dumbass. And then you go, all financial advisors suck. Eh, I hire the wrong diet coach and all diet coaches are baloney. You, you can do everything yourself. You can. And if you want to, that's great. I saw an article, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody else is going to be able to find this better than I can. But it was a, uh, might have been like a life coach or performance coach or something like that that said basically there's five things that you have in your life and you can pick three of them. Like family, work, health, sleep, and something else. Yeah. Fun, maybe. 
and you can pick three of those five things to do. And the other two just don't get done. There's just not enough time. I don't mean to get cynical at the top of the podcast today, but it just rubs me. <laughs> yes, the r- it just rubs me the wrong way. It just, it just really does. And you know what? I know plenty of people that can handle their money themselves and enjoy doing it and should do it. But to give that advice as a blanket statement to everybody on Facebook is flipping ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, back off my soapbox. But anyway, I set a timer for listening to you <laughs> complain. It's <laughs> serious telling us the time is over. Is, it, is that really your timer? Like you have the kindest, gentlest. Oh, you have thing. like the nuclear. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like warning. I am warning. sure something's about to blow Defcon up. In my t- five. Yes. <laughs> Yours is like, hey, you might want to think about waking up. Hey, if you're not busy. No, that's a timer. It's not that. It's not my wake up alarm. I got my wake up alarm is like here. birds and that sort of thing. But uh, no, this was uh, set a timer for listening to Joe complain. So you would think though. That with all the people online saying, do it yourself, move to Vanguard, the Vanguard would be all about doing it yourself. Vanguard CEO, this piece written by Chris Sanzagsny, and I butchered your name, Chris. Vanguard CEO, the future of advice is human. Despite the pressure that his company has exerted on the financial advice industry, Vanguard CEO Tim Buckley believes that the future is human. That's a takeaway from a wide-ranging interview between Buckley and Barron's Buckley, who took the helmet Vanguard in January 2018 after serving as the company's chief investment officer, believes that while fee pressures will continue to squeeze the margins of investment products, technology will not replace humans. That's good news for advisors who worry about the commodification of the investment products that were formerly their bread and butter. Technological change has been nibbling at the margins of the advisory business for some time. However, Buckley's emphatic that the long-term effects will be positive. Quote, advice will be higher quality, the ease of using it will be far better, and the cost far lower. Buckley was careful to highlight that the value that machines can provide has a limit, but ultimately helps advisors. Quote, so many of the things that were arduous and where an advisor would spend 40 to 50% of her time, like figuring out a risk profile, rebalancing, tax loss harvesting, can be automated and done so cheaply with technology. Advisors will be free to spend more time getting to better know their clients, working with them on financial planning topics, or helping them to temper their reactions to sudden market events. Quote, Technology will have a hard time helping someone decide which charities to support and how, and a tough time estate planning for someone who wants to support one child who wants to be a scientist and another who wants to start a business. Good stuff there, which further proves that while the investment game is a commodity, people that continue to rally on the fact that advisors and investments are the same damn thing sadly mistaken and even vanguard knows it i love that technology is helping advisors do the things that technology can do better and faster and i think that's the that's the really the big point here is that we can spend more and more time with clients working with clients one on one as opposed to reformulating spreadsheets and creating you know doing paperwork and all that sort of stuff uh, the less time we do with those non-advice related tasks, the better off that the investing public is. Yeah. Good stuff there. I'll link to that on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com because a lot of difference between some of the people I read and uh, the reality. Man, I seemed sour there, didn't I? Grr. And I packed your angry eyes just in case. <laughs> it's 
And it's so funny because you came to the show so chipper today. It's like uh, role reversal. What's that kid's movie? What? What are you talking about? Freak- I'm always chipper, dude. Freak- oh, yeah, sure. Freaky Friday or uh, Alea Linton is somebody who I have known about for a while and we've been trying to get on the show. We finally were able to talk to her at FinCon this year and get her story, which I, I know you're going to love. She is somebody who had $74,000 in consumer debt. She paid it off in just two years and she didn't do it by making money hand over fist. She definitely got into debt the hard way and she got out of debt the hard way. And we're going to learn that story. I absolutely love her blog called Hope and Sense, which is, as Doug said earlier, a finalist this year for the Plutus Award for Best Debt Freedom Blog. And if anybody knows debt freedom, it's Alea Linton. So let's uh, roll the tape, Steve, on my recent discussion with Alea Linton live from the Ally podcast stage at FinCon. Well, she's a finalist in the Plutus Awards for Best Debt Blog, but you know what? We have her here today. I've actually wanted to have you on the show. You don't know this, but I wanted to have you on the show forever, and I'm so glad that we're here today, live from FinCon 2018, the Ally Podcasting Stage. Alea Linton, how are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you? Well, I'm better now that I'm talking to you. Okay. Because you have this personality. I don't know if you know this, but you have like this, you exude like personality. I don't know if anybody's told you that before. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, people, no. I have been told that, and that's great. I hope to be kind of a, a light when people see me, so yeah, that's... But- that's great. <laughs> well, but, you, but your life wasn't always like that. And we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But first of all, sure. tell me about life for you today. Sure. Life for me today is very different than what we're going to talk about. In terms of my finances, I definitely have a sense of peace and hope about my financial situation. I am still on my journey, which I believe that everyone is, but it feels a lot different than it used to. And I am feeling a lot more in control and intentional about my finances than, say, 15 years ago. <laughs> but when you hear from some of your readers, they're not in control. I mean, and they when I read your blog, I feel sure. this change. How did you first start making that change to get under control? Well, it was a long road with several steps. I definitely relate to my readers, which is why I started the blog. I 100% remember and and relate to those that feel out of control, that feel hopeless about their situation, that feel there's no way to really have a different outlook regarding their finances. And for my journey, it started with kind of some unsettling feelings and some suspicions that things weren't going well. And then I had some wake-up calls that really forced me to start taking control of my money. Let's Uh dig into all of those. Okay. (laughs) I want to get all this dirt. I mean, it's funny now. We're laughing now. But it didn't feel funny at the time, I'm sure. Not at all. You had, at one point, $74,000 in debt? I did, yes. How did did that accumulate? Because that doesn't happen overnight. No. It doesn't happen overnight, even though when I was paying it off. I wanted it to go away overnight and it was very frustrating that it didn't. But yes, for me, actually, I had a love affair with debt at a very early age just because it was 
just something that was modeled for me. I just assumed that you lived your life with debt. So I Why was that? Was that? I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah. is that family lived that way? Because that was kind of my family. You were, we were on, uh, you know, monthly payments. Yes. And if you could afford the payments, you're good. Exactly. Yes. That's, that was the unspoken money message that I grew up with. And so everything required a payment, college education, car, emergencies, everything just meant you had a payment. And just like you said, if you could manage it, you were fine. So I remember applying for credit before I was even old enough. My rejection letters were because, I, you know, the first time I was rejected for credit was because you are too young for, <laughs> for debt. Yes. So, so it's not your credit score. How old were you? I was 17 years old when I first applied. For, you're 17, you're applying for credit cards. For, yes. I was just itching to start my love affair with debt, apparently. So I had to wait until I was 18. But about, Who gave you your first card? If I remember correctly, it was a Macy's store credit. Awesome. Of uh, course. For $300 was the limit, <laughs> which, which I burned in one purchase. But I was going to say, that. that probably still felt like a lot at the time. Oh my goodness, it, yes, it, it did. But I blew through it and I had no idea how it worked. I remember, I think I bought whatever I bought. I can't even remember what I bought. You don't remember um, at all? No, I don't remember. Oh, because I, I remember mine. I bought this really crappy sweater. I mean, it was, it's a sweet sweater and I've yeah. kept it, but it was sweet uh, in 1987. Ah, so it's I would got, love to see that. Oh, it's this purple <laughs> thing with this ugly green uh, uh, collar. It was, it's nasty. Ah, I get yes. it. You're talking to a former clothing designer, so I, I can appreciate an, <laughs> an ugly sweater. So, yeah, I, but I remember that I maxed it out and I went back to buy some more and the store representative told me, your purchase was declined and I just did not understand and so from my Macy store credit card I piled on you know I was 18 so I actually can I stop for just a second because I want to go into that scene for a second okay. of so the Macy's person says I'm sorry uh, your card's been declined yes <laughs> and you say there must have been some kind of mistake or what do you say this was a long time ago yeah, but, right. um, yeah yeah I think I just kind of was what you know what do you mean and she may have asked me you know did did you use it already or did you you know did you have you used it recently and so I was just like oh okay yeah maybe it's that the purchase that I just made <laughs> the other day. I just did not understand how yeah. credit cards worked. I really thought it was free money. My parents at the same time made me a co-signer on a MasterCard or a Visa um, with a larger limit, and I blew through that. Not in one day, not in one purchase, but I blew through it pretty quickly. Again, just not understanding how this tool credit you know, worked. Yeah. Yeah, so I piled down student loans and car payments and kind of had all of that within a very short amount of time at the age of 18. How old were you when you reached the bottom, when all of a sudden the brakes came on? That moment came later. I went from being 18 and a student to getting married and with my husband piling on top of her a very solid foundation of debt already. Your husband um, was a spender too? Yes, he, w he was a spender. He also had some credit cards. And so together, we just did not know how to manage our money. And so we continued to pile on top of that and, you know, a d different car payment. And by the way, the first car that I had got repossessed. But eventually we were able to get another car at a nice 17 point something interest rate because of our credit score. Did, did, I want to stop on that for a second. When you get your car repossessed, do you go outside and all of a sudden there's just no car there and you don't know what happened? I called the police. 
because I thought my car was stolen. And that's how naive I was about how this money thing worked. And, and at the time, I this is a whole other story, but I actually was a single mom. Okay. And I would commute, and I got off the train and noticed that my car, where I left it in the morning, was not there. And I have my young, my young son. And so I immediately oh my goodness, the car is stolen. So I I lived in a small town at the time, called the local police department. And I guess the way it works is the repo companies notify the police departments because as soon as I called, they knew and they said, your car has been repossessed. That was a a low moment for that kind of first stage of my financial journey. That's just the first stage. Pre-getting married. And I I can't imagine just the the horrible pit in your... Like, where the hell am I going to go now? Oh, exactly. It, It was awful. In fact, I had to go. So I knew that I could not bring the car current. So I was letting it go. But I had to, and this was, when I think back, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was a very sad moment. My son's car seat was in the car. So I had to go to where the car was located to retrieve. Don't make that face you're going to make. So I had to go to retrieve. I'm sorry. I'm just living this with you. Yes. I'm, I'm just, they let you go in it and get your stuff out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I would imagine they are supposed to or. Yeah. Know, I, don't, they, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's never happened since. So yeah. I don't know how it works. But um, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to know. Um, so yeah, I had to go and, and get his car seat. And like I said, I was commuting. So I was okay with. I just wasn't going to have a car. We lived in a suburb of, of New York at the time, and I was commuting into the city. So my transportation needs were really met. Yeah. But, you know, I just did not, I was just so naive, not realizing that being three months behind on my car payment, that, you know, there were going to be repercussions. And looking back, I kind of remember in the weeks leading up to the repo that I would get phone calls and then a hang up. So were, they were. Were you a fashion designer at this time? I was, yes. There is this, and, and this is a this is a stereotype. Sure. But that seems to be an industry of fast moving uh, stuff. You got to buy the next style. You got to buy the next thing. Was that kind of the culture around you at the time too? It was, yes. It was in the very beginning stages, though, of my career. So I don't think I was as affected okay. by by the pace of yeah. of of the industry as probably I was later on. Okay. But yeah. So you weren't yet working with Anna Wintour? <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. Not <laughs> Whenever I say fashion, people like, oh, and they have these images <laughs> yeah, of, know. you know. And you're like, no, no, no. No, it's a lot less glamorous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot less. <laughs> so you say that's the first stage. What's yeah. the, what's beyond that? So again, that was me as a single mom. And then, like I said, I got, I got married and together my husband and I piled onto our debt. And the question I think you asked probably 10 minutes ago that that's, I didn't answer. Welcome is, to the Stacking Benjamin Show, <laughs> right. by the way. Not the first time, not the last. <laughs> yes. I started beginning to feel that things were not good, that even though we could make payments because we had all these payments but we were able to manage them but even though we could manage them that you know I don't know if we're headed in the right direction or in a healthy direction and so I brought my objections or my concerns to my husband and uh, he convinced me that we are fine you know everything is great and okay you know you're easy you can easily be convinced that everything is all right when you want everything to be all right you probably see that now not to fast forward, but you probably see that with people you counsel. Absolutely, yes. We we want everything to be okay. So yeah. we justify our habits and right. we justify what we want 
So he, t- so he tells you, no, we're no, going to be, no, nah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yes. We're able to make our payments. We're good. We're good. And um, that probably went on for a, cu- a few years. And in that time, I started getting my hand on personal finance content. You know, just still kind of feeling, hmm, something's not quite right. But again, we're fine. We're fine. Okay, you're right. We're fine. Let's go to Disney World. Let's, you know, let's go to Mexico, whatever. We're fine. On credit. On credit. Of course. Yeah. On credit. I think things started to get a little uncomfortable, so we went from being able to manage the payments to uh, not being able to manage them quite as well, and then needing to put the essentials on the credit cards, needing to put gas, needing to put the groceries. We were in that vicious cycle of putting everything on the credit card and then not having enough money to pay off the credit card and... You yeah. Know, just, just, you know. Did that affect? Purchases. Did that affect your relationship? The um, two of you. You know, it's it's funny. I think that we were a, an anomaly in in terms of that. We did not actually argue about money, hmm. even though it was a strain and a concern. It was a very very strange because yeah, you would think yes. We, I yeah. mean, it put a strain on our family, of course, but in terms of us arguing, you know, we didn't, which is which is kind of strange. I think, again, going back to him convincing me and me just saying, okay, you know, we, I, I convinced myself to kind of move forward yeah. in, in those moments. But things started getting uncomfortable. We had a couple wake-up calls. So the one was my, my husband's full-time job went from being full-time to being part-time. His hours got slashed once, and then it got slashed a second time. And in those two changes, we did not make any adjustments to how we spent our money, to any of our habits. We just kept on living as if we had the previous income. And so, again, I just said things went from being comfortable to not so comfortable to this very awful, you know, and I I put it on the blog, and it was one of the first few times that I told this story, but we ended up maxing out all of our credit cards, and we had just our American Express left over, and we got the American Express thinking, oh, you know, technically it's not a credit card. It's pay it a, off every you, month. You pay it off every month. We're going to be I used to work for this. American Express. Uh, yep. So we're like, okay, I wonder what years, because you, you might, maybe you're involved with my... Uh... Well, 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 I'll tell you what's funny. You might not know this about me, but my first credit card was an American Express card, and I had that taken away. Wow. Okay. Same thing. Okay. Wrecked my credit. Wrecked your credit. Yeah. 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 So we bought into the lie that we're going to manage this. It's fine. So, so we had these huge bills and we went from being able to pay them off. And again, it took all of our income. So we didn't have money to do anything else. Uh, we went from being able to pay them off to, oh, we're a little short. We're $300 short or we're $900 short. So I learned somehow that when you make a return on a purchase, that your balance or your available credit is immediately kind of replenished. So the, do you know where I'm going? I do know where you're going. very embarrassing. This is horrible. (laughs) This is horrible. So I learned that, okay, if I'm $300 short, I can go and make a $300 purchase or $500 for good measure, return it right away, and then... Go buy groceries. And go buy groceries, or, or really, more, more, not more importantly, but the goal was that I would 
make that bill or like I, w- I would make the payment. I would meet the payment because the, the payment then went from 9,500 to just 9,000. Oh, I see. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I use, yeah, isn't that sickening? <laughs> it's one of the most. Yeah, but it's phenomenal because so many people still think that way, which is why I was so happy to have you tell your story. But was there a bottom? Was there a yes. spot where you're like, this, this has to change now? Yeah. Like I remember for me, and I've told this story before, but for people new to the show, I ran out of gas. And I am digging through the cushions of my car seat looking for quarters so I can walk a quarter mile down the road or half a mile down the road to fill up a gas tank. And I'm like, what am, what am I doing? That was definitely one of the lowest moments I remember standing in line at Macy's, which is funny. It's a full circle moment, I guess, because that's where I got my, right, my first right. car. And I never thought of it that way. But I remember needing... Uh, I had to buy three suits, three men's suits, because I was $900 short on my credit card bill. So I had to buy three men's suits so that I could reduce the balance due by $900. And that was definitely a low moment. But then the moment that made me take action was that American Express card was closed on me. It was canceled. I remember getting the letter in the mail on a Saturday. I was just about to go shopping uh, and we got the letter that the card was closed. And that was our lifeline. We had already maxed out everything else. We did not manage our money. And so that card caught our slack every single month. So when it was canceled, it was like losing a job because that was our monthly income. So my husband's hours were slashed. We had no way of spending beyond what we were making. You have no credit. We have no credit, no ability to gain any more. So our only option was to start living within our means. That was the moment. So we tallied our, our budget. And mind you, we had been budgeting before, but the deficit was Amex. Yeah. And anything that didn't make it, we yeah. put on the Amex. So we tallied everything and we were overspending by $2,000 every single month. That's what our expenses amounted to above our income. When we started, we had no foreseeable way of how we were going to reduce that deficit. But I remember just a turning point that my, my husband finally, after years of my saying, you know, I think things are not good. Let's do something about it. He turned to me and said, you know, we can do this. We're $2,000 short, but we're going to do this. And it was like something just changed. He was ready. He was ready, and he hadn't been ready for the past couple years. And from there, we started budgeting for real, meaning that, okay, we have X amount of dollars, and we can't spend X plus Yeah, like a zero-sum budget. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. What, Um, what, What were the easy things to cut? Nothing. Nothing yeah. was easy. Yeah. But uh, we cut wherever we could. We approached all of our utilities and we slashed our cable bill. We downgraded whatever we could. So the phone bill, anything and everything, we, we slashed. After slashing whatever we could, I learned, oh my goodness, so much of our money goes to groceries every month. So I learned how to reduce that. And that was a very significant portion of our budget. We decided that, okay, right now we're not spending a dime if it's not necessary. So so you didn't, you, you didn't go out to restaurants? We did not. We did not. And, and going through that process let us know how much we were spending on things that felt necessary that weren't necessary because we weren't overspending on anything luxurious, which I think is something that 
most people yeah. um, deal with is yeah. that it's like, where does the money go? It's not like we're going on trips or buying right. Louis Vuittons. No, it's just the everyday stuff. And we realized that uh, what we considered necessities and everyday purchases weren't necessarily the basics. They were, you know, uh, peripheral what, items. Yeah, what were those? Because for people, there's people yeah. listening to this, as you know, that don't know what that difference is. Sure. What felt necessary before that now was it? really wasn't, yeah. Well, probably clothing, mm. a lot of clothing. I, I think we would go to the malls as a pastime. I'm pretty sure just about every Saturday we we're in the malls just because that's what you did. And we did not think that purchasing clothing and, and you know, we had kids, mind you, so we're buying stuff for the kids, we're buying stuff for the house, we're buying things that we need. Again, going out to eat. We're feeding ourselves. We didn't really see that we were living beyond our means because we were just doing the things that we felt we needed to do. I'm laughing because I was at a function at a mall last night, and it's amazing the number of people who still just walk around this place where they're selling stuff for fun. Yes. Like you're walking around. Would you, would, if I spend my whole day at the mall, I'm going to buy I'm something. Gonna, absolutely. I'm going to see yeah. something. That, ooh, that's shiny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, you know, like I said, uh, that was our pastime and we just didn't realize that it was. But what about with like friends? Friends ask you to do stuff. They're all going out to dinner. Would you say no to those two or how would you get around that? Oh, during the payoff time? Yes. Um, yes. We, we would say no. And if I had to go back and do it all over again, um, that's definitely a regret is that I would just say no. And if I could go back, I would say, well, no, but how about we do this cheap alternative? Yeah. And Time for a potluck or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Picnic outside, whatever. There, yeah. There's there's a lot of creative things you could do. So, But I was just so focused that it was just like, no, 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 no. So I would change that that part of it because I think that experiences and relationships all of that stuff is very important and sometimes people justify overspending you know in the name of relationships yes. and in the name of experiences but I think you can have both I think that you can walk through your financial journey you know whatever it is and still maintain those things if you're intentional about it I love that middle ground what about the holidays so for the holidays we focus only on the kids so our holidays looked a lot different. And I remember one particular holiday pre our wake up calls that I came across a video and it was really disgusting. <laughs> the floor was littered and we only had one child at the time and the floor was littered with toy upon toy upon unnecessary thing. I want to be your kid. I want to be my kid. Not yeah. Now. Right, right. No, you don't want to be my kid <laughs> <No>. now. My, <laughs> my poor two kids. I have one kid that is my after debt kid. Poor thing. He's 12 and he has not been on a plane yet. Poor kid. So yeah. And and the other kid, mind you, has been to Thailand and it's like, uh, what the heck of, happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Christmas during the journey was we we still celebrated, we but we had a very tight budget and we focused only on the kids and things that we needed to do. You know, there were some obligations outside of the family, you know, with classrooms and, and things like that. So we did maintain those, but it looked a lot different than our previous holidays. How did you break down paying off the debt? Did you do it the debt snowball way like Dave Ramsey advocates where you start with small balance and go to big balance? Did you just highest interest rate or just 
massive attack, what'd you do? We did the, that snowball method. Mm-hmm. And that was key for us because actually prior to that, I've paid, we paid down our credit card balances just randomly only to rack them right back up. So having this plan along with kind of the big debt of the car loan and the student loans, we had these tiny, annoying medical debts and, you know, small. Yeah, life doesn't end. Right. And we had these small, you know, there was tax debt in there and there was some collections. So starting at those small little $51 bills, that gave us the momentum. And that's what the whole debt snowball method is about, is getting those quick wins. And those early wins definitely motivated us to keep going and keep going, keep going. And in the first eight months, we paid off 30000 Wow. Um, yeah. And it was just amazing. It was beyond what we thought we were going to do. I did the numbers at the beginning of the journey, and I calculated that it was going to take us six years to pay off everything. And I was thinking, woohoo, I'm going to be debt-free in six years. This is amazing, because our, our student loans were scheduled to go on for obviously a lot longer right. than that. So six so you're years. 93. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the six years seemed amazing. And as we started going in the eight months, the $30,000 in eight months, it was just unreal. I'm feeling now this lift and I'm imagining if I'm in this situation, what would I do? Did it become a game? It did. It very much became a game. And I, my poor, I was a very bad employee during that time because a lot of my day was spent calculating <laughs> my debt. Sorry, um, employer. Yes, yeah, sorry, employer. <laughs> um, I met my, my debt payoff and the progress. And I kept a paper list of the debt snowball and I marked off each one with a red line. And it was just, I, I remember standing in my kitchen, staring at it, just thinking, oh, okay, I'm probably going to get to cross that one off in two weeks. And it was very much a game. And whenever we could put a dollar, you know, and everything and anything went towards the debt. And it was very much a game. The the kids were involved. That's what I was about to ask. Tell me about that. So at the time I had a teenager and a preschooler. And so they were aware of what was going on in the preschooler as much as the preschooler is aware. They knew what was going on. And my three-year-old is funny because one of the things that we said was we're slashing everything. We're not going on a vacation until we, we pay off the debt. And we kept saying that, you know, no vacations until we pay off the debt, until we're debt-free. And one day my preschooler came home and said, oh, Emma's family is debt-free. And I just thought that that was so curious. You know, I'm like, how what, what, How would you know that? Why would you say that? And he's, they're going on vacation. Oh. <laughs> so he made that connection, yes. with, you know, inc- incorrectly. Yes, um, but, but still a cool connection. But it's an awesome connection. And also just goes to show you how kids just believe that their reality is everyone's reality. Yes. But they say that uh, you don't want to scare your kids. Did you ever feel like your kids were afraid because, okay, our financial situation is not that great? No. And I, you know, I'm trying to think back to how we framed it. I don't know that we framed it in those terms. I think it was just, we're paying off our debt and, and, you know, this is what we're doing. And we celebrated along the way by just, we kind of gathered around and each time we met a milestone, like paying off the credit cards, you know, we gathered around and, you know, oh, you know, we're credit card debt free. And then when we paid off the car loan, you know, oh, we're car loan debt free. And we knew that when we paid off everything, 
we were either, we gave the kids a choice. We could go on a nice vacation or we can have a nice Christmas because it, w- it was around Christmas time that we were set to pay off. So, I like that. Yeah. Cool. So it was, you know, we, we had this end goal and this end celebration that we we're looking forward to. So Which did they choose? Oh, guess. What would a kid choose? Vacation. Uh, no. They chose stuff, and I wish that they chose a vacation. I would have chosen to go right down the world here to Walt Disney World. I totally would have. They chose, give me, give me, give me some stuff, because they didn't have any stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Good point. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I wanted to relax on the beach somewhere, but we we left it up to them. Well, it was your (laughs) fault. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. never ask them again. That's what you can take away from this episode, everybody. Don't ask your kids (laughs) anything. (laughs) Yeah, so tell me about today. Debt completely paid off? Yep, debt completely paid off. When did that happen? How long did it end up taking? So it took 25 months exactly. That's incredible. Yeah. So cool. And like I said, going when we started, it seemed like it was going to take a lot lot longer. So we surprised ourselves that it took that amount of time. And even when I look back and do the math, I almost think, oh my goodness, it almost doesn't make sense. The math almost doesn't add up. But I think that we were just so motivated, so on fire, we found uh, more ways to spend less, more ways to bring in more money. And so it was just amazing. And yeah, we have not looked back, even though, you know, every once in a while, you know, my, my husband kind of, you know, hmm, well, should we just have a car payment? And I look at him like, you know, he has a, you know, unicorn horn growing in the top of his head. Like, are you kidding? Like, my, my head can't really wrap around that anymore yeah. from that perspective. No, yeah. it's like you yeah. touch the stove. And you yeah. didn't touch the stove. You put your whole body on exactly. the stove. Yeah. 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 So now, though, yeah. now you're a guide for other people, helping them not getting into the same situation. Tell me about how your program works, helping other people avoid that? Sure. So through the blog and through one-on-one coaching, um, you know, I do help people take action. For me, what kept me doing nothing about my finances for so long was just feeling that there wasn't a way out and, and feeling hopeless. So, you know, the name of the blog has hope in it, hope in sense, because I feel like hope is just such a powerful force. And so when there is a lack of hope, it can cause you to do nothing. And when there's a presence of hope along with action, it could just make you do amazing things. So I help people kind of just find that nugget of hope in their finances and then take action. I'm working with one person in particular who has to pay, uh, she is self-employed, but the reason, the main reason she has to pay quarterly taxes is because she receives her income from property. Okay. And she, for quite some time, has just been behind on her quarterly taxes and just came to me just feeling, oh my goodness, this is never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to get ahead. You know, she's severely behind and it just worked with her for a few months. And what's the first step there, by the way? The first step is really to identify your goals, to kind of look at where you are, look at where you want to be. And so you also, actually lay it out. Well, I help my clients lay well, it yeah, out. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, but yeah, yeah when I say you, I mean yeah. the person. Yes. Lay it all out in front of you. Yes, yeah. Because right. you don't want to look at it. Right. No one wants to look no. at it. And, and in fact, it's a lot of times at that first meeting, um, people just hand me their stuff. And here you look at it. And I kind of hand it back and say, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You, you know, you look, you tell me yeah. how much you're paying at, you know, X company. So we identify goals. We identify why, because I think that's important, too, is why do you want to make a change? What does that mean to you? What difference will that make in, in your life? So yeah, Why is that? You find people don't change if they don't do that or why? 
Well, I think that sometimes the journey, and most times the journey is going to require some level of sacrifice. And if you have not identified the reason you're entering this new path that may be lined with sacrifice, I think it's easily to revert back to old ways or to not be willing to make those hard choices and those, those tough changes if you don't know why you're doing it. I think that, unfortunately, we're out of time, but that's a great place to leave it. The blog is Hope and Sense. That's where people can find you for coaching. Yep, for coaching and for encouragement. And my my whole goal is to provide encouragement as well as tools, but a lot of encouragement because I think that's what we all need to make those tough changes so that we can have lasting change in our finances. Congratulations on the Plutus nomination, on being a finalist. I'm truly honored just to be a nominee. I feel like I won already. To quote yeah. every award winner ever, but it's true. I, I The company is great, so I'm just honored to be in that company. It's so amazing. And by the way, if you're walking the dog or on your commute or whatever, we've got you covered. We've got the link to Alea's stuff at stackybenjamins.com in our show notes. I'm so glad we finally got you here to tell your story. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today we're going to dive into the financial definition mailbag. You've probably heard on television that the Federal Reserve meets quarterly to determine monetary policy. While defining monetary policy is something we'll track for another day, let's tackle this question. Which branch of government is the Federal Reserve a part of? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. Hey there, stackers. I'm going from the basement to FinCon where Alea and I spoke. Now to Detroit, where we're getting ready for our big show on Wednesday. I don't know if I told you 600 times yet that we're coming to Detroit. But thanks to my friends, by the way, at WXYZ, the place where I was the Channel 7 money man for nine years for having me back to talk about the show and talk about our live show on Wednesday. Few tickets left, by the way. This is a small place. It holds 100 people. Last I heard, there were like 25 tickets left. So if you're thinking about coming, you might want to go to stackybedjamins.com forward slash tour. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here because I want to thank Nutrafol for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Nutrafol is a vitamin made with nutraceutical grade ingredients. I don't know what nutraceutical ingredients means. I'll tell you what though, my hair feels stronger and it's to improve thinning hair like mine. Nutrafol does this by nourishing your hair health from within through supplements that are 100% drug free. Science and research has changed the way we think about hair and its relationship to our overall health. For example, for women, stress plays a huge role in hair thinning. And for people like me, for dudes, DHT levels from testosterone, diet, and environmental toxins comprise hair health. Maybe maybe that's uh, the deal. I've been compromised by the air quality in the basement. I would guess that's probably my hair loss, either that or raising twins. I don't know. Nutrafol scientists and researchers have worked for years to come up with a natural formula that multi-targets causes while improving hair health. It's available in two distinct formulas for men and women that suit gender-specific metabolic needs. Recommended by over 850 top physicians in some of the top salons in the country. This is cool. I took my Nutrafol by a couple doctor friends that I have. They like it because it's all natural ingredients. There's no voodoo going on or a bunch of weird stuff that they don't understand. 
It's manufactured in the U.S., contains no GMO, soy, eggs, dairy, gluten, peanuts, shellfish, tree nuts, wheat, yeast, artificial flavors, or colors. In fact, if you need even more clarifications than that because of any allergies you have, you can find it all in their easy-to-read websites, FAQ. So, get your first month's supply with a subscription plan for 10 bucks by visiting nutrafol.com. Use promo code SB during checkout. That's your first month supply with a subscription plan for 10 bucks by visiting nutrafol.com and using promo code SB during checkout. Big thanks also to Away for supporting our podcast. Took my Away luggage with me uh, here. Once again, just A, I chose the light blue color because it's easy to see when that thing comes off of the conveyor. I know exactly which bag's mine right away. But not only is it attractive and distinctive, it's so functional. Plus, by cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. It doesn't just come in the bigger carry-on like I have. It comes in over 10 colors and five sizes. The carry-on, I have that one. The bigger carry-on, I also have that one. The kids' carry-on, hopefully not going to need that one in the future. Plus the medium bag and the large bag. And I know a couple people in the basement have talked about getting the large bag. Away's designed the perfect suitcase to make your travel experience stress-free. Carry-on bags feature two USB ports and a high-capacity battery allow you to charge multiple devices on the go, your phone, your tablet, your laptop. You don't have to worry about a dead phone or fight for an outlet at the airport. When I was in Dallas waiting for my plane here to Detroit, I sat in an area where there were no plugs, but I had my luggage there. So I just plugged it into the battery and bada-boom, bada-bing, I am done. Ultra-durable yet lightweight, made with premium impact-resistant German polycarbonate. Once again, another term I have no idea what it means, but my bag is tough. I think it means that. Smooth ride in any direction, force 360-degree spinner wheels that don't get stuck or break. Theft-proof, TSA-approved combination lock built in to keep your belongings safe. It just, I, I can't say enough good stuff. It comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, Away will fix it or replace it for life. I actually had to have them send me a new battery pack, which they told me was not covered in my warranty, but they sent me one anyway. How cool is that? And plus, you get free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. Listen to this. Away's giving you a special offer just because you're a stacker. For 20 bucks off a suitcase, head to awaytravel.com slash SB and use promo code SB at checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash SB, promo code SB. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back triumphantly with your answer. Here was the question. What branch of government is the Federal Reserve a part of? The answer? While the Federal Reserve is an important part of the U.S. financial system, the Federal Reserve is an independent entity and isn't a part of any of the branches of the U.S. government. The goal of our forefathers, you know, people like uh, Uncle Sam and Dick Tracy, uh, you know, big important guys like that, their goal was to make sure that the short-term politics didn't overly weigh in on short-term interest rate decisions and, you know, other stuff like that. Does it work? Well, that's for someone with a higher pay grade to decide than me, but for right now, my job is done. See ya! 
You know, you take OG, our two discussions today, our earlier discussion about having good advice in your corner, which really results to surrounding yourself with the right messages and the right people, and how easy it is to talk yourself into the wrong decisions, like Alea said early in her journey into debt, that if you don't look at it, it's just going to get better. There's a big message there, which is surround yourself with the right messages. Even though it feels like going to the dentist, look at it often, schedule meetings to look at it, and you're much more likely to do the right thing. Take control over what it is that you can take control over, you know? Well, and that's the frustrating thing is it, it, and it was frustrating for her. She had the ability to take control much earlier than she did. Like, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we got to hit that wall mighty hard, right? We got to run into the wall at full blast before we finally realize, we realize that we're going the wrong way. You must see that quite a bit in your career that by the time somebody reaches out to you, you're like, yeah, if you would have reached out to me three years ago, we wouldn't have had any of these problems. Well, it happens on occasion for sure. But I think Back to the point here, one of my favorite Tony Robbins lines is, you know, your quality of your life is the quality of the people that you surround yourself with. And you don't always want to make sure that they're all of the same mindset, you know, because then you get that affectionately called the echo chamber, you know, where everybody's kind of on the same thing. But people that can challenge you or people that can motivate you or people that have a respectful way of disagreeing or a respectful ulterior side of the equation, I guess, is really, really important. Just just in life in general, not just in money. No, I figured that out, uh, luckily, fairly early in my career, that if I surround myself with people that think differently than I do about things, don't get me wrong, I have to. they have to be on my team and they have to be people that I respect. But if they look at the world through a different lens than I do, it makes it so much better for me. Like so, so much mm-hmm. better. Easier yep. for them to have my back. Like somebody that thinks about things the way I do still want to have my back but they just can't because their blind spot's the same blind spot as mine. Yeah. So good stuff. Thanks again to Alea Linton for telling that story. You know how, you know how hard it is to tell that story. I just, it's funny. I was sitting up there on the stage with her and I could just see just the pain as you go back to those moments in your life, you know, tough place to go back to and really, really brave. Do you think that it's cathartic for people to say those stories out loud? That's a $16 word that I'm not sure I know the definition of, but does it feel good? Probably. Kind of relieving Yeah, to get those demons out. Yeah. 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 I, man, it's so tough though. Hey, let's uh, switch gears here and throw out Haven Lifeline. We're going to tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Full-size candy bars and jack-o'-lanterns. Full-size candy bars is Halloween treats. Do you exert, we were talking about this in our basement Facebook group. Do you exert the uh, Halloween tax on your kids? Oh, absolutely we do. Meaning yep. they go get it and you get to pick which which ones of those are going to dad? Yeah, I, I, I just take what I want. Take. <laughs> take. Like a, it's like a, it's communism in my house. There's no <laughs> democracy, constitutional republic. There's none of that stuff. It's just like, I want, dad, that's mine. It's like, well. You know, not anymore. Now it's mine. That's so awesome. That's why Haven Life created a modern way to buy quality term life insurance because you should value your loved ones and your time, even if it's stealing from your loved ones. OG, I guess that's okay. Head to Stacky Benjamin's. As long as it's candy. (laughs) StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. 
now to get a free quote. Seriously, if you don't have term life insurance yet, what are you waiting for? StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Affordable prices issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual. Super easy to complete application. They offer instant coverage decisions in most cases. Lovely customer support. And my favorite's a life insurance calculator for people who aren't sure what they need. I'll tell you who needs something though. Jason needs us to throw out the lifeline to him. Say hi, Jason. Hey, Joe and OG. The question is about rolling over a Roth 401k. So my wife is going to stop working this month and she has some money in a Roth 401k that her company provides. Currently, it's in a target date fund. I know how much you guys like those. So my plan would be to move it into a Vanguard index fund and then leave it as is. But I know there's other options like cashing it out or moving it to a Roth IRA. I guess I was wondering your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, we have an emergency fund and we have no debt besides our home. Our closed budget this month is kind of low, so I'm hoping to get one of those t-shirts. Thanks. <laughs> the, the real reason he calls in is for the Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt. Thanks, Jason. And That's uh, it. We will have one of those coming up. By the way, to people that call in, uh, Caden, who sends those out, is always overworked. He batches those once a month. Just got a note from But he's overpaid. So (laughs) There it is. He's overworked and overpaid. It's a good match. It is a great match. But uh, he batches those and sends about once a month. So if you don't get one in the first two days after you called in, realize it's still on the way. OG, what do you think? Just a point of clarification. He said... Roth 401k that employer provides. Now, if this is employer provided money, as in a match, it's going to be on the pre-tax side. So even though you've contributed to the Roth 401k, your contributions, any matching from the employer is going to be on the pre-tax side. So so in all likelihood, you'll actually have two accounts and um, rolling it over to a mutual fund company or investment firm like Vanguard or any of the other 600 of them that are out there is, is a fine idea. Don't yeah. have a problem with it at all. Well, Carry on. And I think taking a look at your overall portfolio and deciding what to do with it makes a lot of sense because if, uh, if Jason, you've got some funds that stink on your side of the equation, let's say you're putting money away into a 401k or some retirement plan on your side, and you're deficient in an area, you know, maybe maybe on her plan, instead of that total market index fund, you use a, an index that fits into your overall diversified portfolio. So I would uh, look at your goal, look at what return you need, go to the efficient frontier, which is a line uh, that his, shows historically greatest return with least amount of risk. See what that looks like for you and then um, and then move backwards from there as to what you choose. So, I mean, just generally Vanguard total market index fund, fine choice, nothing wrong with that choice. I just don't know the rest of the, the rest of the equation because it's probably better to fill holes where you might have them elsewhere. Thanks for the question. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybedjamins.com and at the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. Click that link and, uh, and there you have it. By the way, next week we're going to do a letters episode, so letter. so we may be able to get to your letter quicker than uh, usual coming up after next week. We do not have time. Speaking of that, for the mailbag because we spent so much time today with Alea. So thanks everybody for listening today. Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? 
So what did we learn today? First, take some advice from Alea Linton. Look your debt squarely in the eyes and go on the attack. Once she and her family decided to get serious about their debt, they had a huge amount paid off in no time. Second, financial advice? Yeah, that robo-advisor isn't really an advisor at all, according to the Vanguard CEO. But the big lesson? Don't delegate laundry day to OG. He's just going to throw the whites and the reds all in together. And now my undershirts are a nice, pretty delicate shade of pink, actually, I must say. Luckily, I look awesome in pink. Who didn't know that? Special thanks to Alea Linton for joining us today. You'll find Alea writing and coaching at hopeandsense.com. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. When are all of you going to realize I'm the real talent on this show? Welcome to the After Show. For those of you new to the podcast, this is the part of the show that doesn't exist. OG and I will often talk about movies, video games, hilarious stuff that happens in our life. We talk a lot about movies. Hilarious. Yes, lately. But if you're here for money, the After Show is not for you because we very rarely talk about money during the After Show. I can't believe how much it's freaking raining. That is what's getting me. Like it has rained almost every week since. I feel like the rain followed us home from Kansas City, don't you? Like it wasn't raining before we went to Kansas City. We go to Kansas City, it's just downpour the whole time we're there, and then we come home and it's downpour. Well, on my three and a half hour commute to the basement every week, every couple of days, I can tell you on my side of the state, it has been raining since freaking September Hmm. and hasn't stopped. Hasn't and, been here. Uh, Most of it here, as you know, goes north of us because the Red River's just north of us. And it's funny, when I first moved here, you'd see all these storms come right toward us and they veer north. And I asked somebody at a party right after, because I'm always fascinated by the weather. I'm like, yeah, they always seem to go just north. He's like, that's because the Red River's right there. And the storm follows the river. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That totally no, it doesn't, sense. but okay. But it does. <laughs> no, it absolutely does. Yes, it does. Sure, it does. Nope. Yes.
It does. No. I, I, no. Yes. Yes. Nope. Bec- because you have all that concentration of water. You have all that concentration of water right there. What does that have to do with clouds? Clouds are condensation. I got that part. But So how are clouds form? Condensation in the air. Where's their greater humidity? There's greater humidity around water. That's why you see at Lake Michigan, when I used to live by Lake Michigan, clouds would have a hell of a time pushing on on shore. You would always have like a line of clouds right along the Lake Michigan shore. And then they would finally push over the shore. And that's why we got tons and tons of, we got tons of precipitation in Kalamazoo because of lake effect snow. Same thing to happening with the Red River. Same thing. I feel like that's mixing too many things. I don't know that it would follow the river. I'm not saying that it like a line of storms is just a line of storms. I'm not saying it's following the river inch by inch. I'm just saying the river being just north of us is the reason why it starts to head north. I feel like somebody is way smarter than the two of us and knows the real answer to this. Somebody's laughing at us right now. No, everyone's laughing at us right now. <laughs> Should we get to the movie review? Something else we don't know anything about is how to review movies. Well, you know, that actually we're pretty good at. Well, and we've had a lot of practice there. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a, a hate letter yet about my review of A Star Is Born. I was sure I was going to get one by now, but um, yeah, uh, this is a movie that I just saw that uh, stars Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy, and it's called First Man. Are you sure? Yeah. Be an adventure. First man to walk on the moon. That'd be something. We've chosen a job so difficult, requiring so many technological developments. We're going to have to start from scratch. Only after we master these tasks do we consider trying to land on the moon. Neil, if this flight is successful, you'll go down in history. What kind of thoughts do you have about that? We're planning on the flight being successful. Damn, that is a big mother. It'll go up like a half kiloton A-bomb if it blows. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. It's funny how there's scenes here in the trailer that didn't make the movie and the more I see movies, the more I start to notice that, that they have to make the trailer before the movie's finished and then stuff gets cut near the end and it doesn't show up. That line about the A-bomb, that it'll go up like an A-bomb if it, if it explodes, never made the final movie, even though, of hmm. course, Apollo 1 uh, had that horrible fire where all three astronauts were killed. Just rotten. So this is the story of Neil Armstrong and the first trip to the moon and how that stuff happened. It's less about that, more about Neil Armstrong's personal journey and who he was as a person. And so it follows him and early in the film, his daughter passes away. And then throughout the film, kind of how that haunts him as different things happen and how it affects his relationship with everybody from other astronauts astronauts who pass away to his relationship with his spouse to his relationship with his sons. And so this is as much a relationship movie as it is, you know, the fascinating part for me, just the science of and how fragile these missions really were and still are when we go to outer space. 
you know, it's a collection of people doing something that has never been done before. And, uh, just, just amazing. You know what else was amazing to me? Just like we saw in the movie hidden figures, you know, where the one woman was a mathematician and how quickly they show Neil Armstrong in space early in the film. And he's doing math in space on like a piece of paper. And they're asking him for an update. He's like, Nope, I got to get this calculation first. Like these, these, these people's ability to do complex math in adverse situations is something I Mm -hmm. find incredibly, not just remarkable, but commendable. If you can do that kind of math while you're all kinds of craps going on (laughs) and you're trying to, you know, for me, it's like divide by four. I'm sorry. Don't, not sure I could do that. Now they have an app that I use to check my son's sixth grade homework. Right. It's called photo math. Have you seen this? No. Like you, it's, it's unbelievable, dude. You hold your phone over the math problem that you wrote out and it just solves it. Like you don't have to type in the math problem. Your camera just figures out what the math problem is and goes, here's the answer. And then if you want like the step-by-step, like how it's done, you can like expand it and it goes, here's the steps. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking the dumbing down. Never going to be able to like figure that stuff out. Right. Like what does this squiggly line mean? It's like, oh boy. I, I had a bill at a cash register. I went to the Texas high football game on Friday and by the way, they got, did, did you get the text I sent you? I saw it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look good. It was not good. Our, Looked our, like the home home team uh, forgot that there was a game. Our local high school football team, not having a great year. It's a big scoreboard, though. It, it's a monster scoreboard. Thank you very much. Video replay. But they, all that stuff. Yeah. They, uh, I go to the concession stand. There's an adult woman working there. And by the way, I get a cheeseburger, a Gatorade, and some potato chips that cost me eight bucks. Okay. Cheap date. I don't know. I still think that's kind of ridiculous, but it costs eight oh, bucks. Oh, you think it's expensive. Okay. Yes. I hand her, and frankly, I should have ate before I, before I got there, but it's helping, you know, the school boosters, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to tell you a story there too, because that, that, that's awesome. Right. But I hand the woman a 20. It's $8. She can't figure out how much to give me. Like she has no idea how much money to give me. Woman must have been 50 years old and she's struggling with the math. She had to, she, I, I stood there and watched her as she struggled. And at first she looked because her friend was with her, but her friend went to get something and she was, uh, you, you know, now there might've been 50 reasons why, and I don't want to, you know, I don't know anything about the woman's situation, but hovering your phone over the math problem. <laughs> Kind of funny. Anyway, uh, to, yeah. f- to finish one discussion before I go down this other ramp, uh, I love this movie. It's funny because it got the same critique from the people I went with that I gave to A Star is Born. This movie's so slow. It is so slow. And if I weren't intensely interested in this topic, it would be so boring. So I'm going to give it a thumb up because it totally is in my wheelhouse for the science stuff that I enjoy. But your results were may definitely vary. How many explosions? Lots. Uh, at, oh, well, right. at least, well, do they, are they caused by missiles though? At or least Gatling three. guns? No, no. Oh, okay. No. So the explosion meter is still one or half one because there's some, but not more than one because it wasn't caused by enemy fire stuff. breaks. Or, they fail as they're testing stuff. Yeah. That's, Dude, yeah, that's have, not a big deal. <laughs> it was a huge deal. They landed on the moon. 
Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what they'll have you believe. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> My, all right, so back to the football game, and then we'll we'll end this thing. So I sit down. I haven't come to a game all year because of the tour. And I sit down and my buddy Carter sitting next to me, he goes, oh, by the way, this guy two rows in front of us, you're going to absolutely hate. And I'm like, I, I like everybody. Hate's a strong word. I know. I like everybody. I like everybody. He goes, nope, you're going to absolutely hate him. He's the new head of the booster club. Mm-hmm. And he decided there was something that we were missing. And then the people in front of me How sit down. Him? And the people next to me sit down and they all have brand new f-ing cowbells. And yep. every time, which don't, luckily for us, the team sucks. So they only did a good thing like four times during the game. But, but the first time I was like, that's eh, not so bad. By the third time I turned to Carter and he's just sitting there staring at me grinning. Like he knew I was going to turn to him. So it, it was this hilarious moment. Where he knew. I turned toward him, and he's just big. big. Ever, ever seen a game at Mississippi State? Well, and that's what he said, was was his daughter went to Mississippi State. And he's like, that's when I first hated the cowbell, was going to a Mississippi <laughs> State game. He's like, the game itself. They used to have that at Michigan State games, you know. Well, thank God they don't anymore. Well, I haven't been to a Michigan State game in 10 years, so I can't wait to go back. I've been to a Michigan State game in 25 years, but back in the day. Yes. So we say more cowbell. Maybe more cowbell, baby. Maybe not. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.